Hi, and welcome to this edition of Fresh Hope for Mental Health. Our mission here at Fresh Hope for Mental Health is to empower you to live well in spite of your mental health challenge by sharing insights through interviews, practical tools for living well, encouragement, and courage for overcoming all from a Christian perspective. And now, here's your host, Pastor Brad Hafes. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Fresh Hope for Mental Health. I'm Brad Hafes, your host, and we exist here at Fresh Hope to empower you to live a faith-filled, rich, and full life in spite of having a mental health diagnosis. Well, I'm thrilled to have with me a very special guest who um, has been a blogger for us in the past, and we think you should start blogging again for us. But anyway, I'd like to introduce all of you to Lindsay Hausch. And um, we're so glad to have you with us, Lindsay. Welcome. Hi, thank you. I'm so glad to be with you. Yeah. So um, first of all, we were in touch with each other years ago. Mm-hmm. I've never really probably met personally that I remember. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. But you wrote some blog. You blogged for us for a while. Tell, tell me about who you are, you mm-hmm. know, mom, wife, all those things and as well as your journey with mental health, if you would. Yeah, well, first, I just want to say that um, my friend had found your podcast and was very encouraged by it. This was years ago, and that's how I got plugged in. And so it's just fun that I started long ago following your journey. And I was just telling, you know, you, you how much I've seen your ministry explode and how much God is just at work in, in planting you in so many more places to bring hope. So that's just so encouraging to me to, to watch that happen. Um, my name is Lindsay house, as you mentioned, how house with a sh and said, and, um, I am a mom of three. My husband is a pastor. I mostly stay at home, um, and care for my kiddos. They're young. Um, but in my cracks of time, I like to write, Uh, So I have a book that's out and I have another Bible study that's coming out in the spring. And um, I really like to talk about my journey as somebody who has anxiety and how that that has actually drawn me closer to God rather than rather than it being, you know, it is a thorn in my side, like Paul talks about, but it has also been the very place that has brought me relationship and and depth in, in my walk as a Christian. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let, let me ask you this. What's the name of your book? That would be important, huh? It's yeah. Take Heart, God's Comfort for Anxious Thoughts. Say that again. Take Heart, God's oh. Comfort for Anxious Thoughts. Take Heart. Yeah. And, and it's through Concordia Publishing House. It is. So they, they came out with the, the title, you know, and that, that whole publishing process. Um, but really the question I deal with is what if, our, what if our anxious thoughts are the very thing that draws us closer to God and each other, which we've yeah. seen that happen through your ministry, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and like I was telling you prior to us starting the podcast, that I really think when people have a lot of anxiety or worry in their lives, many times what they really have is the spiritual gift of intercession, intercession. I'm, I'm doing house. Um, <laughs> I'm doing the lisp with the, your name, um, but um, they have the gift of intercession and they really um, uh, have 
are able to say, okay, when I worry, I need to pray. I need to intercede. There's something I need to intercede, you know, because uh, those the gift of uh, intercession and worry and anxiety kind of are, uh, they are different sides of the same coin in some respects. Yeah. yeah, I think what the enemy wants to use for evil, God uses for good. And so he wants it to plant these lies of like, this is anxiety, this is fear. And those are real things. I'm not diminishing yes. that. But at the very same time, I think that we're just called to be closer to God's chest and to hear his heartbeat for the world. So Absolutely. we just kind of sometimes hear things a little bit more loudly than other people. And like you said, the best invitation is, is to be praying about it. Yeah, yeah. So how did anxiety show up in your life? How did you come to discover that? Did you always know it was anxiety or did you, how did you find out? How did it unfold for you? Yeah. So my first memories, you know, when I'm asked to remember as a child, they're of fear, fearful moments. And um, so I would say that rather than anxiety, that was fear that I, I remember and identified with. And, and so in order to push back the fear, I tried to grab onto control. Um, so for example, if I was afraid that somebody was going to break into our house in order to cope with the fear, I would go and check in all of the closets and make sure all the doors were locked and check in all of the showers. And I had this, you know, routine that I created okay. or, or when I was afraid of fires, I would go and unplug everything in the house, which really irritated my mom, especially when I unplugged the alarm clock, because we didn't, oh. we didn't have cell phones back then. <laughs> we needed those alarm clocks plugged in, right? Whoops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, yeah. that that might have looked like OCD to your parents, right? Yes, yes. But they didn't identify that. You know, I don't think there was a lot of language surrounding anxiety back then, especially in children. And so um, so they just it was kind of like, just stop it. <laughs> you know, not that uh, they didn't have the resources that they needed. And, you know, I've forgiven them for that. And, and I, I know as a mom, sometimes we don't know how to help our children. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it wasn't, I, I don't think that we identified, we always knew I was different, but we didn't identify it as anxiety until I got into high school. And rather than coping with compulsion, I used, I still was OCD and had those compulsive behaviors, but it also came in the form of social anxiety and just really worrying about what other people thought of me, not wanting to say this, the wrong things. And so finally, one day my mom's like, you know, Lindsay, you don't have any friends. And it wasn't accusatory. I mean, it was true. It's, it's sad, but it was also kind of a little bit freeing to just name that reality and say, okay, like we need to figure this out. And so she brought me to a therapist and um, I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder and social anxiety. And that was my sophomore year of high school. Wow. So did things change then over the next short bit of time for you as you discovered that? Or how, how did it unfold? Well, I'd like to say yes, but the reality is high school is brutal for people yeah. <laughs> that are not, you know, it's that brutal are for everybody. Yeah. For everybody. Yes, absolutely. And, um, and, and I also didn't start medication at that time, which I, I, you know, I totally understand my parents' decision to wait. Um, so I got into college and I did start medication. Um, and that really did help. Uh, in the beginning, it was Prozac. I'm, I'm willing to talk about medication. And sure. here's why, because 
we don't talk about it enough, especially in a ministry context. And there's people that need to to have this information and, you know, we, right. So so it was Prozac and Prozac actually was not the best for me um, because it really numbed my emotions. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. It was a long journey. And I would say that it actually wasn't until I met my husband and got um, deepened in my faith that I really was in a better place. Um, so it was the combination of finding the right medication and also um, just really getting more grounded in my faith. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you find, um, I know somebody that's really going through this journey now of discovering uh, a lot about her anxiety. And one of the things she explains is that when she becomes anxious, she is not able to think. Her brain just kind of shuts down and then she can't remember everything that was said or it it skews the memories even of absolutely of, yeah yeah what you're describing is so real like with the brain fog and then and then yeah when we when i get really anxious in social situations sometimes i kind of like check out like i feel like i'm just kind of floating above my head and and then i can't really perceive things correctly because i'm not in my present mind yeah. so i can really relate to that yeah. Yeah. It's um, anxiety is a very real thing. And of course, they're saying more people today are anxious and have anxiety and um, than ever before due to the pandemic. Yeah. Well, because we need we need each other. Right. Um, you know, when I get out of my own mind and when I get all those anxious thoughts, the best way to get me back in a better place is, is prayer and, and my relationship with God, but it's also just processing with a safe person um, to help yes. me see things correctly again. Kind of to take you down from floating above your head. Uh, yeah, pull me back to, down like a balloon. <laughs> yeah, to, to ground you and hold you, yeah, to get your attention. Um, yes. Yeah, so um, now today you're a mom of how many kids? I have three kids, right. nine seven and three nine seven and three wow yeah yet he's almost three i'm I'm aging him (laughs) okay (laughs) but you'd never do that with your own age would you oh of course not i I, I capture every month (laughs) you know when you're a child you want to round that age up when you're an adult it's like no keep it until the last minute i'm not saying <laughs> yeah absolutely so how is it being a mom and dealing with this and a a wife and you're a pastor's wife and all these sorts of things how, how do you manage and how do you how do you come to that point of thriving and not just coping with it mm-hmm. i love that word yeah i think What I love about God is that he's so gentle with us in the process. And it's one of those, he asks me to grow one baby step at a time. And so for one baby step at a time, it's learning that I'm pregnant and I'm going to be a mom for the first time and growing into that. Um, And then, you know, or or learning how to be a wife. Um, I mean, sometimes big things are thrust upon us. And I think that he gives us the grace to cope with those things in those times too, But for me, it's just been little bits of growth at a time and just trying to stay present and whatever it is that he's inviting me to grow into today. Yeah. Do you think with anxiety, it's easy to slip into um, wanting to control the environment to the point of perfection? 
that if you could just have everything be perfect and just order so and so, then you wouldn't have to feel anxious. Absolutely. And I would say that, you know, I, I mentioned um, medication and, uh, and I do take sertraline or that's a Zoloft. And I feel like taking that really takes the edge off of those really intense emotions so that I can be more present in my mind and work through that perfectionism. When I was a kid, it was, you know, just a lot of tantrums and not really able to express myself. And, and now, you know, as I've gotten older, I, I can recognize it and work through it and just embrace uh, the mess a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, not to be too anxious about what's going on in the middle of the mess, right? <laughs> yes, yes. So, so as a mom, do you worry about your children potentially having anxiety? Um, and if so, what do you do about that? And how could you help a child if, if one of your children kind of presented some of the same symptoms? What, what, what would you do? I mean, I'm not certainly not wanting to um, give you some kind of prophetic, sick prophetic uh, perception no. of yeah, the future. No, I don't, but it's a valid question. And actually, when I was sharing a moment ago, I was thinking of my daughter um, who does show a lot of those tendencies and a lot of uh, tantrums and, and this need for perfectionism. It feels like I'm raising my own self. And um, so in a way, it's like I ask myself, well, what would what would Lindsay at that age need? Um, and it's it's actually a little bit redemptive um, to be able oh, yeah. to walk alongside her in that way. And I think um, because you know, I grew up, um, with a really strong foundation, um, in the Lutheran church, but as I've gotten older, I've also been invited to grow, um, with Holy spirit and walking in, in the spirit more. And so in those ways, I, I've been, you know, just teaching them about those kinds of gifts and how God gives us those tools and, and those, those abilities. And that really just helps them. You know, we say, what, what does Jesus want my heart to know right now? Oh, sure. And it is just the things that they, that, that Jesus tells their hearts is just so loving and kind and even greater than what I could think of in that moment. So I love that it's, uh, you know, trusting in him to, to come in and minister to them in ways beyond my own capability. Yes. And, then, and then it's also just, just a posture of prayer whenever we're worrying, instead of trying to analyze or tell them how to feel about things, just, just staying, you know what, we're going to stop and we're going to pray because I could get in that anxious swirl with her. And rather than that, we're just going to try to take it and change our, our posture. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, and it seems so, um, uh, what, what would I say? So practical. Uh, so um, simple and it because that really interrupts the brain's pattern it does yeah 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 I I many times say in order to stop ruminating I had to talk out loud to myself and mm -hmm. tell myself to stop it because that was the only way I could get my brain's attention to stop yeah. going around and around in that circle and uh, yeah 
And that's um, what David does, right? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Have faith in the Lord. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that's what Paul says when he's saying, take captive your thinking. Think mm -hmm. on these things instead, yeah. you know, yeah. And look at it this way instead. I, it it has dawned on me more than more than once over the last few years that the battle of the brokenness of the sinfulness of mankind the battle is really in the brain mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. it it's really in how we see things um perceive things spiritual all that it happens through our brains and um, yes our hearts are involved but um yeah so yeah sorry go ahead <laughs> oh, no 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 go ahead go ahead well it just there's in you know in matthew it talks about taking the kingdom by force and i think that starts you know with our brains i think that starts with using the tools god has given us in our daily life we want to go out and do it out in the world but first it starts with us you know let the revival happen in me first and then you know then god uses us to do yeah, bigger yeah absolutely absolutely and um the the whole idea of um by force we we think that's by some kind of um striking out or, or or whatever against the kingdom when in fact it's grabbing a hold of the power that you have within yourself and with the empowerment of the holy spirit to really take control i always say my brain cannot be on automatic pilot. If yes. my brain is on automatic pilot, I'm in trouble. <laughs> yes. I hear you on that. Yep. Got to Got to keep it under control. Um, so tell me what you would like listeners to know today. What would you like them to know? Let's say they're suffering from anxiety and some OCD stuff and perfectionism and those kinds of things. What would you like them to know? Um, what I, so we know that Jesus is always with us. You know, we have, we know we, that we are filled with the Holy spirit and yet Jesus is not going to force his way into those places unless we, we give him, we invite him into those places um, and so I think what it is, is as we think about our anxious thoughts and, and the lies that, you know, you are an anxious person, you're always going to have anxiety, you're handicapped. Now, I think it's important that we, we don't minimize those things, right? We hold those things and we say, you know, that that is a reality I'm battling with. But at the same time, we turn that back to Jesus and we say, God, what do you have to say in these places? What is your truth? And, and how have you equipped me in a special way to advance the kingdom? Not only first, like we said about growing closer in relationship to God, because that's the first, always the first step, but then how does that empower me to help other people? Because I think that's what it is. Love God and love others. And I think that if we are re recognizing that we have these anxious thoughts and these sensitivities, like you said, 
maybe God has given us the spiritual gift of intercession. Maybe he's given us a discernment to recognize and have more empathy for other people going through these same things. So I think that when we flip the script and we say, okay, these are realities that we're dealing with, but what are, what are God's greater realities? I think we're invited into something so much greater and inspiring. And I think that you, you and I know that when we struggle with mental health, one of the greatest things is to have a greater purpose that we can focus our energies on. Yeah. Now what, what happens for, what has happened for you as you wrote the book and even have had the opportunity to help people through the written word, but also um, probably practically in your day-to-day living where you're actually helping people. How do you feel about then all the pain and the, the situation that you've gone through in your life? What do you see happening? Well, first, and I, I'm sure there's people that can relate to this and there's people that maybe still aren't there yet. And that's okay. But for me, I'm like, I have no regrets. I am, I am grateful for my anxiety because it makes me a more complex person and it makes me more sensitive and empathetic. And I don't want to not notice those people that are struggling. God has equipped me with tools to be to be draw closer to people who are struggling in those places. And I am so grateful for them today. Now that doesn't mean I feel grateful all the time. You know, sometimes I feel really grumpy and, and unhappy about this, but Mm. at the same time, it's like, it's like the, the thorn that pins me to God. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Uh, The very thing that hurts me is also the very thing that, that empowers me and just draws me closer to God. Oh, I love that. The thorn that pins me closer to God. That mm. that really is true. And it's really a matter of perspective, isn't it? It's, yeah. Um, yeah, isn't it something that our most broken and vulnerable spots become liquid gold for God's kingdom mm. a- and in helping soothe and help other people? Yeah, I just, I'm just amazed at how gracious God is and merciful in our, you know, the spots where we wanted to run or the spots where we just were so broken. And um, all of a sudden he can use that to help others with. That's, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing your story. You know, it's easy for a lot of people to stay quiet, you know, even if they have some growth and they're moving along and living well, you know, many times people just don't share. And um, that really is a blessing. Um, I can, I I can tell in talking with you that you really have a beautiful heart with understanding all of this. So you were telling me about a prayer group. Tell me, tell me about that. You're, you started a prayer group at your church. Yeah. So it's, um, we did a sermon series at our church called the elephant elephant in the church. And we had people submit questions like, what are the things that we don't talk about from the pulpit that would need to be discussed. And, um, and so things kind of aligned in, in that Holy spirit way that he just brings it about where some of the questions were, why don't we talk about mental health? Why don't we talk about mental illness and, and mental health diagnosis and, and all of these things, because there's nuances in all of that. And, um, 
And at the same time, I had somebody approach me who had been really blessed by a mental health prayer support group at, at their previous congregation and said, Hey, will you spearhead this with me? So it aligned that that same week we were going to address these questions. Um, my husband had me go up and introduce the topic before he preached on it. And, um, and it just really stirred a lot of people. Um, it just felt spoken to. And what I said is, you know, I've been the one sitting in the pews that have been having a panic attack and hoping that people didn't notice. I have, I've been sitting in those pews having suicidal thoughts. You know, I've been sitting in those pews feeling more alone in that church than in my own home. And Uh. as a pastor's wife to say those things, it's vulnerable. There's not a lot of people, you know, that would get up there and say that. And yet there's redemption in it. And, you know, I don't struggle with suicidal thoughts now. I, I, you know, I don't have panic attacks nearly as much. I, um, I'm a child of God. I'm so grounded in who I am and my faith has made me strong and able to overcome some of those things. Um, but I want people to know who are still in that place, that, that it's a reality for all of us, that, that, that mental illness doesn't just pick certain people that it's, it, you know, you can be a pastor's wife and still have those struggles. Yep. You could be the pastor and have this. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what I really like and want to point out to those of you listening is if you listen to her very carefully, she does, she's not identifying herself as an anxious person. She's not identifying herself as anxiety, if you will. Mm -hmm. But you said, I know who I am. I'm a child of God. And that's how you're identifying yourself as a child of God who happens to struggle with mm-hmm. or who has struggled with. Um, I think that's so important because we dare not become what we struggle with. You know, that that becomes our identifying thing. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So this just stirred something in our church and, uh, and it's incredible. I've, I've just had so many people approach me and just felt like, you know, that they felt really touched, um, and more free to share. And so then we started our mental health prayer support group and we so have, tell me what happens in that group. Tell me. Um, so we, we start with a prayer. We start with devotion. Um, We go around and each person has time to share what they need prayer for. And then we pray. And I think it's just the simplicity is a little bit freeing. It's not complex, you know, but it's, it's, it's just stating out loud. This is what I'm struggling with. And then realigning or re, you know, what I talked about changing our posture from ruminating and, and overanalyzing to saying, no, let's, let's look up. Let's, let's shoot those arrow prayers to God and know that he's going to help us in our time of need. That's fantastic. I want to talk more about that with you in the future, because that's something we could add in to fresh hope and um, uh, just really encourage people to do that, you know, or just to start that kind of group in their settings. Yeah. Simplicity of it. Um, has been really helpful for me because to be honest, I was a little bit like, oh, do I want to add another thing? You know, sometimes our schedules can feel very full. And as an 
introvert with anxiety. I'm I'm hesitant to add another thing in my calendar. <laughs> I can I can imagine. I'm an extrovert and I feel that way many times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially where it has to be consistent and it's on a regular basis. It's like, oh yeah. Yeah. Do I want to give up Tuesday nights until Jesus returns? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so if if you had the chance to to really sit down with young Lindsay, mm. um, let's say Lindsay at the age of 13 or 14, seventh, eighth grade, mm. what would you tell her? What would you say to her with what you know today? Such a good question. That, that really is. Uh, I would just, I would grab her chin and I would just say to her, like, look up and you have value. You are created in God's image. You know, I would just speak identity. I think when we really comprehend that we are children of God seated in heavenly places, that God has given us every tool that we need and how much he loves us. I think that that just that knowledge can change so much of our journey, even through the struggle, you know, we're going to struggle. We're all going to have bad, hard emotions. We're all going to have you know, different complexities with anxiety, whether it's anxious thoughts or depression or whatever it is. But when we grab hold of that identity that Jesus has planted in us, it changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. How wonderful. Yep. I love the fact that it's so grounded. What you're talking about is so focused on who we are in Christ Jesus and who he sees us to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's wonderful. Would you mind praying for those who are listening today for anyone in particular that might be struggling? Would you mind praying for them? Yeah, it would be my honor. Father, I just thank you for this time. I thank you that you invite us to be a part of these conversations and you invite us to extend the kingdom. And God, I pray that, um, you would be with each of us in, in whatever place that we're struggling, wherever the enemy is trying to gain ground, Lord Jesus, we invite you in. We pray that you would just invade our thoughts, that you would invade our minds, that you would invade our hearts, God, and that you would grab hold of us in a way that changes everything. Mm -hmm. God, that as we grab hold of you and see who we are in you, that we would, that those other things would seem small in comparison. Yep. And God, that's not to minimize you. You also draw close to us in those hard places. God, you see us and you just want to hold us and just speak your love and compassion over us. You are a God that has come small in the world and, and walked in, in human flesh. And you know, our struggle, God, you sympathize. So we just pray that not only would we feel empowered and loved by you, but that we would also feel seen and known by you as the lover of our souls, God. And I just thank you. I thank you for the work that you are doing in their hearts, even now, as we pray mm -hmm. in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Tell me the name of the book again and how people can get a hold of the book. Sure. So it's take heart, God's comfort for anxious thoughts. And uh, if you just search that up on Amazon, that would be the best place. 
Uh, you could also find it on cph.org. And uh, you can also visit my website. I'm not always good at updating it. I'm going to be honest, but, but it has all the links and all the things there. Sure. And that's lindsayhouse.com. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for being with me today. And I know that this will have been a blessing for those who listen. And um, if you are suffering with anxious thoughts and even depression or perfectionism or whatever, I would encourage you to get a hold of Lindsay's book. Also, to get a hold of Lindsay, I would suspect you can get a hold of her through her website and um, that you would just really connect with her with others. Maybe you can find a Fresh Hope group to attend through our website, or you have a local one that you can attend in person or online. And and more than anything, I think it's it's really that grounding in, in who we are in Christ Jesus and to take our thinking back from the enemy, so to speak, and from our flesh. And um, so, if you would, if you've enjoyed this podcast, pass it on to a friend, um, tell them about it. And uh, especially if you know somebody who's struggling with the things that we've talked about today. Um, and if you are listening through iTunes, would you please uh, be sure and leave a review of it? It helps others find the the actual podcast um, through iTunes. And um, check out freshhope.us. We've got all kinds of things that we can help you with. And uh, it's all about peer-to-peer -peer stuff like Lindsay and I've been talking about. We're both peers. We have lived experience with mental health challenges. And um, sometimes uh, the challenge can be overwhelming. But when we find somebody who can come alongside of us and walk with us who's been there, it makes all the difference in the world. Well, listen. Thank you so much for listening today. And thank you so much, Lindsay, for being with us. May God's hope hold you tight and firm until the next time we meet. You've been listening to Fresh Hope for Mental Health. If you have an opportunity, please review, share, and subscribe to the Fresh Hope for Mental Health podcast on iTunes or on the service that you use. We encourage you to share our podcast on social media with your friends and family. Previous podcasts of Fresh Hope for Mental Health can be found at freshhopeformentalhealth.com, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and iTunes. Fresh Hope is one of the leading networks of faith-based peer support groups internationally. For more information about Fresh Hope, go to freshhope.us.